When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Is QuickBooks slowing your business down? Do you have challenges managing inventory, project profitability, or just getting paid fast enough? Get your business to a better place and graduate to NetSuite today. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place, instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com play. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash play. netsuite.com slash play. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. And Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Let's drop the puck. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with NBCChicago.com's James Navo and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Here I is Chicago! Welcome into the latest edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast where we actually have roster moves and games and fun stuff to talk about today. I am James Navo of NBCChicago.com. And with me, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score, the I'm Fat podcast, mm-hmm. any other number of uh, side projects that the man's got going on. He probably even has a band that he's starting to form based on the fact that he's constantly posting pictures of himself playing the guitar. So, Jay, what's your latest project? Tell all the people about um, it. This is it, man. Hockey is back. I'm excited. Hockey's back. Um, it's probably going to be a long year. 
uh, for the Blackhawks. We're going to get to that very quickly. Um, but yeah, I got, you know, new, new I'm fat podcast coming out on Thursday. Uh, I had a couple food based situations in my life over the last couple days. So we'll get to those tomorrow. Rick camp and I, if you've not subscribed to the I'm fat podcast, what are you waiting for? By the way, just look it up. I'm fat podcast on whatever uh, podcast provider you use. And we're there. Rick camp and I from the score, just talk about being fat, fat culture, uh, food experiences, things like that. It's really good. But anyway, you didn't call for that. You called for some hockey. And boy, howdy, do we have some hockey. The Hawks lost last night to the Detroit Red Wings 756 to 754 in a defensive struggle. Um, boy, they both those teams. I will say this. It looks like the Hawks can score a little bit. They played hockey, that's for sure. <laughs> they sure did. There was hockey being played, and there were guys on skates and pucks and referees and the whole deal. Um that was a very 1980-ish vibe to that game, wasn't it? Like, yes. there were 14 goals scored. There were lots of punches thrown, although not by Brandon Manning. But there were lots of punches thrown, and it was just a good, clean, fun, slobber knocker of a hockey game that basically filled all Blackhawks fans with a sense of impending doom and dread. Yes, I think last night's game, we're going to get to Cam Ward. That's going to be a big topic of today's podcast. We'll get to the day's news first. And then move on to Cam. But um, I think last night's game was a pretty good reality check for Blackhawks fans. They're like, oh, I'm not sure what to expect. That's probably close to what to expect. That's <laughs> That could be how it looks most nights. It's not going to be 8-6 every night, of course. They're but... going to give up a lot of goals, though. Yes, they are. But before we get to that, before we get to Cam Ward, let's discuss the news of the day. Uh, a couple surprising send-downs. Uh, I think the most surprising is Victor Edsel, who had a really good start to camp, a really good uh, prospects camp, really good rookie tournament, um, all that stuff, and then just sort of disappeared as the preseason went on. That was, to me, a guy to really see to, had a roster spot locked down. Matthew Highmore, who was getting a look at center last night with the Blackhawks, played pretty well. He got sent down as well. And Adam Boquist, who looked like he was earning a shot to maybe make this team uh, was sent down, was sent to London, which was sort of the plan all along. Um, but Quenville liked what he saw, gave him an extended look. And uh, I think that let's start with Bolquist because he's the biggest name of the group. I, I really liked what I saw from him offensively. Uh, Eddie O mentioned it last night. That he's a guy on the power play who's not deferring to veterans. He's attacking. He's confident. He's not scared out there. His defensive name game needs work. And it's not like, oh, God, this guy's going to be a disaster. I think he just needs, remember, he's 18 years old. He needs a year or two of high-level junior hockey and then maybe a year in Rockford or something to get that defensive game up. But once he does, he's going to be a really good offensive weapon. Really liked what I saw from Boquist this preseason offensively. And it's more than I expected to see from a kid that young that quickly in his NHL career. First of all, I thought it was really rude of them to send him all the way to London. I mean, sending him across the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, come on. You couldn't have, like, <sighs> sent him somewhere. I know. I know. You jokes can't make dad jokes till you're a dad. All right. <laughs> um, that's my, that's my London, department. Do you, do you remember the uh, I think it was Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves' rookie season. The Blackhawks came out with, like, a series of campaign ads for them to get into the All-Star game. Yes. And one of the ads Jonathan Taves released was that uh, Patrick Kane was, like, British because he played for the London Knights. Like, <laughs> that, for some reason, that came to me today when I saw that Adam Boquist had been sent back to uh, junior hockey. The Wayback Machine was definitely operating at NBC Tower today. Um 
I definitely agree with what you said about what Adam Boquist kind of showed us during the preseason. I definitely liked his assertiveness offensively, but I definitely noticed, especially in last night's game, he's not afraid to mix it up defensively either. He made a couple of really interesting and solid plays uh, using his body and positioning to kind of get the puck away from some Detroit attackers during the game. Also did make a handful of mistakes, and I think that you nailed something on the head, which is that another year or two of development, especially from a physical perspective, I think is going to be really good for Adam Boquist. He's going to bulk up a little bit, get a little bit more strength to his game, probably improve his speed just a little bit. I think that just all of those little things he kind of needs to hone and work on. And I think going to London of the OHL is an excellent way to do that because they have a history of really churning out some really solid players to the NHL. I like the program that London has up there and I think that it's a very smart move to send him back. I was kind of hoping they weren't going to rush him along and see if he could play, you know, a couple games at the NHL level. I didn't think that was necessary. No. So I definitely was in favor of this move and I definitely am I'm interested to see what it ends up uh, causing to happen with the rest of the defensemen because I think you and I would both agree this pretty much all but solidifies Henry Okaharu is making this roster. I agree. I do find it odd that he's not playing every game. Yokoharu, like, I don't know why he didn't play last night. I know they want to give some other guys a look, but I don't know, man. If I'm counting on a guy that young to be a major part of my defense, I want him getting as much NHL action before the game starts to count as I can. And I know mm -hmm. there's that delicate balance of, well, you know, you don't want to get him hurt and you know what you have in him, blah, blah, blah. And I was one of the people that, and it's not the same thing, but I'm one of the people that defended Matt Nagy for not playing as starters in the NFL preseason. But I think the risk-reward is a little bit different in the NFL versus the NHL. Um, I want to see Okahara play more. I bet he will now as the roster sort of starts to settle out. But that last spot uh, looks like it could be up for grabs a little bit. Um, wow, I'm blanking. Uh, Davidson. Brandon Davidson played a little bit it, last night. It seems to me like it is going to be Davidson is going to get that seven spot, and then they'll probably end up putting Connor Murphy and Gustav Forsling on IR to start the season. I think that would leave them with seven defensemen, and I do think that Davidson has played well enough on his PTO that I definitely agree with you, Jay. I think he's going to end up getting that last roster spot. Yeah, and you know, I'd, I'd put up a fight. Um, but I don't know. I just looking at this team and looking at this roster, it just, it's going to be a long year, man. It's just, it's going to be a long year. There's going to be a lot of growing pains. Um, and I, I'm kind of fine with it. Like I, I get it. Like I, I, of course I'd rather have them be competing for Stanley cups and all those things. Uh, but that's not realistic. And especially when you take a look around the, you know, the central division and how stacked it is. I had, my cousin is a big gambler. He texted me today, uh, the over-under for Hawks points this season is 85 and a half. And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm taking that under, man. I, 85 points sounds high to me, uh, especially if we don't know what the status of Corey Crawford is. And Crawford's been skating. He's been improving. That workout's getting more intense and longer every day, so it does seem like he's progressing nicely. Um, but I don't know. In a stacked central division, it's hard for me to make an argument uh, unless this team maxes out, we've done the if show over and over again this summer. Uh, but if Crawford's great and if Saad bounces back and if Taves bounces back and if Kane remains an MVP caliber and on and on and on, maybe they squeak into the playoffs. But I think this is a year for growth. I think it's a year for development. And uh, I'm actually kind of excited to see where it goes and how these kids grow. 
Yeah, you, I, I was going to ask you a question about the defense, but I'm going to end up having to ask you a question first about Brandon Saad because you brought him up in the uh, ever-popular what-if segment of the show. Right. I, I, I got to ask you, why did Brandon Saad get one preseason game with Patrick Kane? What What's the deal with this? Like, I don't I, – I know Dominic Cahoon is actually, like, really solid. He's having a really good camp, has looked really solid in uh, preseason games. But I, for the life of me, don't understand the logic of dumping Brandon Saad to the third line after one freaking game with Patrick Kane. Like, what's going on with this? I don't get the Q logic. Can you kind of help me out with that? Um, No. <laughs> I truly can't help you well, out with I it because I don't understand it either. It, it just – you've got a guy who is so hugely important. And we talk about, you know, Corey Crawford is the most important player to this team. But secondly to him – if Brandon Saad has another year like last year, forget it. Any hopes you have of being even interesting go out the window. They need Brandon Saad to be a factor this year. And I don't know if Q is like trying to send him a message or whatever. Um, I don't know if Brandon Saad's the kind of guy that needs a message sent. Um, but pff, I don't know, man. I, I Maybe you're just trying to see, like, what do we have here with guys like Cahoon can we put them on lines with elite players and can they hang? If that's what it is, I'm fine with it. I just hope this isn't some sort of like, oh, you know, Sodder, he's not skating hard enough and I need to send a message to Sodder. If that's what it is, bull crap. But if they're trying to see if Cahoon can play on the top six and other guys can play in the top six, cool. Go for it. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I just, the Sod thing worries me and I, I, I they need him to be better. I think he will be better, but they need him to be better. One thing I'll say about him is, like, is he the least intense dude you've ever seen? Hmm. Like, as far as personality, uh, as, like, compared to his skill set, like, he's a guy that should – I wish he'd play with a little more uh, – I don't want to say confidence, but, like, arrogance. Like, you're a big, powerful skater. You're a, a guy that can score. Like, go push some people around. Go get mean, you know, rough up a little bit. Be a power forward. That's what you're here to be. That's the style of your game. I did, I think he's a little bit passive sometimes. That's kind of my one criticism of Saad. We have seen him plow through a checker and go score. We've seen it. He's done it often. But I would just like to see that part of his game a little more. But that, that's really it. I, I just, I ho he has to be in the top six. I, whatever. Experiments in the preseason aside, he's got to be in the top six for this team to, to have a chance. I definitely see where you're coming from with that. Like, I definitely have noticed there isn't a whole lot of sandpaper to Brandon Sod's game to borrow a phrase from the Joel Quenville book of hockey cliches. Wouldn't it be nice if they could just, like, take, like, John Hayden's brain and stick it inside Brandon Sod's skull? Like, I feel like that, <laughs> playing with that kind of edge would probably be pretty good for him. Like, it would definitely give him a little bit more, you know, on the ice, you know, to give him a little bit more oomph to his game. I just sometimes I feel like he plays a little bit too passively and I want to see him be more aggressive and more assertive, especially physically, because like you said, he's got the body type. He can force guys out from in front of the net. Like he can go in there and box out and be a real nuisance in front of the cage. And it's just not something that he does very often. And I feel like he could be potentially good at it in, I feel like if he had a little bit more of that John Hayden grit and sandpaper, maybe they'd be all right. Yeah, and, and that's another guy who I think uh, it's time for him to sort of take that step and be a full-time NHL player, John Hayden. Um, 
was I talking to, was this in the podcast last week or was I just talking to someone randomly about like, he needs to realize that he's not the same player at the NHL that he is at the AHL. He's got to adapt. Uh, his yeah. Game. We had that discussion yeah. because we were like trying to come up with a comp for him. We were like comparing him to like Brian Bickle or maybe Andrew Shaw or something like that. That's right. Simplify the game. But I, I think you're right. He does play with an intensity that I love and you don't want to take that out of him necessarily. But I think, Fewer stick handles, a little more north and south from John Hayden, and he'll be a pretty effective player. And he's so damn handsome. Can we talk mm-hmm. about that? He's very good looking. You brought uh, that up, too, and I made a joke that it's like he played at Notre Dame with all of the love that you give him. Well, he's damn handsome. Anyway, um, <laughs> Edsel, that's kind of the other one I want to discuss here a little bit. Um, disappointed are you, James, in uh, him not making the team? Do you think that he – I think he blew an opportunity, quite frankly. I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way. See, I actually don't. I feel like he had the opportunity, like you said, but the thing that we have to keep in mind here is that Dominic Cahoon and Luke Johnson both really have earned a lot of plaudits from Joe Quenville. They've earned a lot of ice time. I I think that they've made a big enough impression on him that he's looking at this and going, you know what? I know if we need somebody, somebody gets hurt during the regular season, it's inevitable. Excuse me. You're going to lose a forward. You know, at some point during the year, I think Edsel's probably your first guy that comes up. But I definitely think that Cahoon and Luke Johnson have looked outstanding during training camp. I definitely think they're both going to get calls up to the NHL to start the season. I'm very interested to see where exactly they're going to fit in in the lineup, whether Cahoon will stay in the top six like he has been in recent games, whether he's going to get bumped down a little bit. We don't really know at this point. The other guy that I'm kind of interested to see where he fits in now that Edsel has gone down is David Camp. Is he going to get time at center? Is he going to be that 13th forward? I think that that's a really interesting uh, bit of positioning they're going to have to figure out in the bottom six is where you're going to put him because I like his game. I think that he's got some solid potential to be a pretty good bottom six forward. It's just I'm not sure exactly what role they're kind of envisioning for him and I'm kind of assuming they're going to have him on the roster based on the fact that they let Edsel go but I think this is more of a kind of endorsement of the play of Cahoon and Johnson than it is necessarily an indictment of the way that uh, Edsel played yeah that's fair I think with Edsel you kind of know what you have yeah I don't know how much better he's going to get than he is right now again I think he's an NHL player I think he's a guy you could play every night and have some reasonable success with um that's a good point by you that that yeah Johnson and Cahoon have been really good and you mentioned Kampf and and I feel like and I wonder if Cahoon is this too the Hawks always seem to have these guys who have good preseasons and then the season goes on and they just prove to be just guys I think Kampf is that I think Cahoon might be that as much as I've liked what I've seen who was the guy that the Hawks had that they traded with Panarin to get sod. Remember you had a signing at the draft? Jeremy Morin. No, it wasn't Jeremy Morin. Um, uh, Tanner Caro. Nope. But you keep naming guys like that, and you're you're making my point here. Um, I, I definitely – I thought it was Tanner no, Caro. what was the crap was his name? He wore, like, number 64 or two, like some bad number. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to see if I can pull up my old email. The point being that the Hawks have these, like, uh, you know – these bottom six guys that are just kind of like dime a dozen replaceable. And uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't want to get too excited 
um, about it was Tyler Mott, by the Tyler way. Tyler Mott, thank you. Yes, there it is. I just found an email too. Tyler <laughs> Mott, what a great preseason Tyler Mott had, and we never heard from him again. I, I did see that Tanner Caro got placed on waivers, and I believe uh, Jeff Glass has also been placed on waivers. I saw uh, Jean Francois Berube got sent down, and I also believe Brandon Peary was placed on waivers today too. So lots of former Blackhawks not panning out with their. Uh, <laughs> New NHL clubs. So many Blackhawks legends to talk about. Getting so little down. time. All right. Well, that covers today's news. Let's take our first time out. We come back. I want to discuss Cam Ward. He was a big part of the game last night, probably the top story of that game. Uh, I got a little bit of a bone to pick with Hawks fans. Maybe not a bone to pick, but something I want to just point out before the season gets started. But before we break, got to tell you about our friends at Triple Threat Sports. You know that's the place to go if you want. Hawks jersey, Cubs jersey, Bears jersey, whatever. It's also the best place to go if your team, your softball team, your football team, whatever, you need a jersey for your squad, go to Triple Threat Sports, triplethreatsports.com, 708-478-6090. Hit them up, chris at triplethreatsports.com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. We'll be right back with more on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, where we're here to burst all your bubbles and make you feel really bad about your favorite hockey team. <laughs> we, <laughs> we've we already discussed how stupidly constructed the Blackhawks... Okay, we didn't really say that. We did, If you missed the first part of the show, we talked about how the Blackhawks are going to construct their forward and defensive groups, and now we get to get to the really fun stuff, the goaltenders. Whee! And we start with Cam Ward. Cameron Arthur Ward. I don't know if that's really his middle name. But like anyway, it. he looked positively dreadful against Detroit on Tuesday night, giving up six goals and prompting me to drink way more beer than I had originally anticipated drinking when I went out last night. So, Jay, you said you have a bone to pick with Blackhawks fans. You're not thrilled with Cam Ward. I yield the floor to you, my good man. Um, This is the thing. This year cannot be... The Hawks are bad because Cam Ward sucks. Okay? Um, he is, I said it on Twitter today, at this point in his career, he's a replacement-level goalie. Right? With a $3 million contract and a no-trade clause. Hey, that's, look, we discussed that at length. I was not excited about it. Um, whatever. That's what Sam Bowman thought he had to do to get a guy with some starting experience in case Crawford wasn't ready to go. Crawford's not ready to go. We'll see how it works out. I just want people to know that while he's not ideal by any means, I don't want the entire story of this year to be Cam Ward sucks. The reason Cam Ward gave up six goals last night is because the Hawks defense was terrible. It was really bad. And yeah, there were some goals he probably should have stopped. There were also some he had zero chance on, right? Like when you have Duncan Keith in the defensive zone getting pressured and he does a spinorama, turns the puck over and he gets fed right in front of front to Dylan Larkin that's not a stoppable puck you know it, it's like these are the things that are going to happen this year and, and kind of can't um, and I think the Cam Ward what I'm basically trying to say is Cam Ward is an easy scapegoat because of the contract because of his history before he signed the contract all those things just look a little deeper when you're freaking out about Hawks games so, you know damn Cam Ward cost us again maybe maybe he had a bad game maybe he let in a bad goal here or there but um, there's going to be more to it. There's going to be more depth to the Hawks being bad than just Cam Ward, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I can see that. 
I mean, I don't think Cam Ward was necessarily great last night, even with quality defense. I'm still not quite sure what he was doing on the first goal. Detroit scored 15 seconds into the game. He may have still been doing his little uh, warm-up lap around the back of the net, perhaps. Like, his positioning was just all sorts of off. And obviously, Brent Seabrook pulling off to the middle of the ice instead of, you know, covering his guy on the opposite side. Probably also not a smart idea. But then again, that's why Joel Joel Quenville has said that he's going to explore uh, splitting up Seabrook and Keith uh, in the next game. And why we might see Henry Yokoharu playing minutes with Duncan Keith to start the season. That being said, I still have not been overly impressed with what I've seen from Cam Ward so far. And I know that we can't necessarily blame him if the team gets off to a rough start. Obviously, this defense is not going to suppress a lot of shots. He's going to see a lot of work. But if your positioning is just going to be that bad and your glove hand's going to be that slow, I don't care how good of a defense you have in front of you. There's still several pucks last night that he should have stopped and I'm not exactly thrilled with the prospect of uh, just handing him the net for opening night, assuming that Corey Crawford can't get the job done. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I, I don't know. There's not really a better option. I, I like Colin Delia. I think he's shown some good stuff. Um, I just don't think he's ready to take over as a starter right now. Also, you know, Cam Ward's getting paid. He's got. He's going to make that money. He's going to play. Um, I, I just... I, I saw it all last night, and, and all of the reaction to last night's game was Cam Ward sucks, Cam Ward sucks. There was a lot to be unhappy with in that game. <laughs> I was about to say, there was a lot that sucked about the game. It wasn't just Cam Ward. Well, you know what? Let's Can I say something positive real quick? I, I Someone, I think, did have a really good game last night. Uh, Jonathan Taves. Had Heck, a, yeah, he did. He had a tremendous game. And goals aside, um, a couple sweet stick-handling moves to, like, uh, – elude traffic and make a pass like he was really uh not going to go and say the Jonathan Taves of old but he looked like a different guy he looked healthier he looked faster of course it's the first you know what his maybe third or fourth game of the preseason whatever so he's as fresh as he's ever been but I think that's a good sign to see Jonathan Taves putting the puck in back of the net scored that cool one from behind the goal um you know scoring creatively he looked confident those are the sort of things you want to th- see from Jonathan Taves in the preseason. Uh, I thought DeBrinkett looked good, got pushed around a couple times, which is going to happen when you're, you know, well, yeah. a, a tiny human. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Schmaltz played with some a lot of speed. So I think, you know, the top five or six forwards are fine. I'm not super worried about them. It's just a depth beyond that. Um, that's really do you, a concern do you think Schmaltz starts out the season as second line winger instead of a center? I want to see him at center. I, I just just do it, man. You're you're playing Yokoharo. You're playing these young guys. You're you're making this a developmental year. Let Nick Schmaltz learn the center position on the job. Unless you think he just can't do it, which the only thing I really see him struggle with as a center is faceoffs, which he won like what forty percent of his draws last year. Like it was a really bad number. Yeah, it's terrible. But everything else about his game as a center, I like. You know, he, it's not like he struggles in a two-way. He's not, you know, Anze Kopitar, Patrice Bergeron by any means, but he's solid enough defensively, and I like the way he can kind of distribute and score from in the middle there. I like mm-hmm. him as a center. Uh, the face-offs are important. I don't think they're quite as important as people make them out to be. And, look, if there's a key face-off in a game that's going to decide the outcome, Nick Schmaltz isn't going to be the guy in the ice anyway. It's going to be Jonathan Taves. It's going to be Marcus Kruger. 
taking right. that draw. So it's not a huge concern of mine, but uh, I wonder how much Quenville values those faceoffs and if that's something that will keep him out of the center position for an extended period of time. I want to see him play center. I just think I just don't want to see Artem Isimov as the second line center. Like I'm not that I'm not vibing with that, man. I'm not digging it. Like it's just uh it, it's not something that I feel like is necessary. I agree with you that I'd rather see Nick Schmaltz at least given a shot to nail down that second line center job and put Anisimov down on the third line, maybe with a youngster or two and just kind of spread this out a little bit. I feel like it's silly to have Anisimov and Schmaltz on the same line, especially considering last night I noticed on several occasions where Nick Schmaltz was positioned on the ice when he was playing. He was in the middle. He like just drifted there and then like Anisimov would be maybe off on the side or in front of the net or something. So I feel like if you're just going to end up doing that anyway, why not just have Nick Schmaltz play center and have two talented wingers with him? Hell, give me, I don't know, that Sod and Kane combination with him if we're just going to go nuts here. I just think that the Blackhawks pulled the plug way too quickly on both that and on having uh, Sod with Kane. And I think they need to be a little bit more patient. And obviously they can end up reversing course on this and changing lines up tomorrow. But that's definitely a combination that I want to see more of. And I want to see the Blackhawks give that more of an opportunity. Speaking of Anisimov, I have a question for you. Uh, our buddy Sam Fells from Faxes from Uncle Dale took he probably issue. Hates that. He probably hates him. I mean, well, judging by the fact he hates basically everybody. He does hate everything and everyone, and that's kind of his brand. Um, <laughs> I said in a season preview that I thought Artem Anisimov was among the best third-line centers in the game. Do you agree with that? Third-line um, centers. Define, like, what makes him the best. That'd be what I would be curious about. Like, is it... An ability to play defense, and eh, he's decent at that, I guess. He's not a particularly potent scoring threat. He's not exactly a great penalty killer. Like I don't, I don't really see it. Like I'm not like saying that you know he's awful or anything. I'm just like one of the best third line centers. Yeah, that's obviously not exactly the highest of praise, but it's still kind of a stretch to me. I'm not sure. Well, I'm trying to think of like all the third-line centers that are better than him. Yeah, well, you're going to struggle with that because can you name a whole lot of third-line centers? No, but that, off, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying, though, is like, as third-line centers go, you do a hell of a lot worse than Artem Anisimov. Right? He had a down year sure. last year, but he but still scored 20 goals. $4.5 million to do all of this. But look at the money guys are getting now. What did Jay Beagle just sign for? Uh, milk bones? Right. Like he, come on. That's two. <laughs> Stop it with that. I am the dad. I get the dad jokes. That is my department. We agree upon this. You're lacking in that department. That's why I'm picking up the slack. All right. I don't know. I didn't think it was that far off base. Curious if our listeners agree. Is Artem Isov one of the best third-line centers in hockey? Is that a a huge stretch? No, I'm not saying it's a huge stretch. I'm just like, I'm obviously thinking about it. I'm chewing on it, thinking if I can think of anybody that's better in that role. And it's just, he doesn't like do anything like at an elite level at least in my eyes i feel like there needs to be at least something where he's like top tier in it doesn't have to be like obviously scoring that's not what a third line center 20 is goals three do. years in a row <sighs> andrew shaw scored 20 goals like three years in a row and look where that got him well he's on a bad team <laughs> 
Well, yeah, well, so's Artem and Isimov. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> That's a strong point by you. I have no defense. I have no argument to you. You have lawyered me, and you have won. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I feel like I can see it. Maybe it's not a preposterous statement by any stretch, but I'm just, I'm trying to think, like, is there anything that he's like, really really good at like i feel like he's decent at a couple of things and maybe that's good enough to be if he is well-rounded line center he's well-rounded he can score a little bit he can defend a little bit he's got some size he's well-rounded like you and rick camp oh yeah i have lost 20 pounds man back off well that's Uh, terrible for your brand why don't you stop doing that well i don't want to die is the thing oh well that's overrated anyway yeah dying or living well, I just think that, like, everything's going to kill you anyway, so you might as well have fun. Just, like, I'm just giving up the last 20 years anyway when I'm going to be in a diaper and have one of my legs sawed off or something from diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. That's it. I'm going to get a pizza. Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, before, during the break we were talking, you had a question about uh, if the Hawks should carry three goalies. One of the things that's kind of come up to me thinking about just going into this season is if Corey Crawford ends up uh, on injured reserve to start the season, do you think the Blackhawks will carry three goaltenders or should they carry three goaltenders? You mentioned earlier you like the way Colin Delia has been playing. Delia, whatever. Sorry, I always screw up his name. The way, obviously, you like his game, but do you like it enough for them to carry three goaltenders and like instead of carrying maybe an extra forward or carrying eight defensemen. And the first thought that I had was that it's a solid idea and you just kind of give different guys looks while Crawford is out, see if you can ride a hot hand or whatever. But at the same time, I feel like there are enough guys in the in the system that carrying 14 forwards might make a little bit more sense. What do you think of that? Yeah, I don't see a huge benefit to carrying three goalies. Um I think I'd rather just because like we just discussed, we have all this glut of like bottom six forwards and I want to see like which ones are actually something and which ones aren't. So I think there's going to be early on in the season, we're going to see some guys up front rotating in and out. So maybe give a couple of those guys some more looks, kind of mess with the bottom six here and there just to see who's good and who isn't or who can stick around longer than the others. Um, I don't see a huge benefit to three goalies at this point. I really don't. I just I think it's I think it's Ward and I think it's Forsberg for now. Um, I don't like Forsberg. I like Delia better, but I want him playing, right? I want him playing and being the starter in Rockford. I think there's more benefit to that than him just riding the pine behind Ward and maybe Forsberg. I don't know what they would. I don't know if they would just have Delia be the backup and Forsberg the third. Whatever it would be, I want Delia playing. If he's not going to be the straight backup, I just want him playing, uh, and I think. Obviously, the best place for that to happen is Rockford. And there's too many other. If the if this was three or four years ago, and the roster set up front, you know what you got, and you're a contender, and it's basically just like let the season play out and see how we do. I'm a little more willing to be experimental there, but I think, I think there's just too many other questions to answer to waste a roster spot on a third goalie. By the way, just uh, for the listeners who are going to be listening to this tonight, the Chicago Cubs have officially clinched a playoff spot. Congratulations to the Cubs, and thanks a lot for nothing, St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, I'm watching the Cardinals now. Do they lose? Apparently they lost. Oh, yeah, the Brewers also clinched a playoff just now. The Brewers just won. The Brewers have also clinched a playoff spot. So, yeah, just 
Great work by the Cardinals to completely choke that away. That was really well done by them. Well, that's Speaking why everyone hates you, Cardinals. Away, <laughs> Speaking of choking things away, I, I think that ultimately I think just carrying three goaltenders is going to be the right move by the Blackhawks with, if Crawford ends up starting on IR. And even if he doesn't, like you're going to give him plenty of rest at least to start the season and – I think that carrying Forsberg and Ward will probably be a smart idea so that you can spell him frequently. I mean, it's just at this point, you almost have to operate under the assumption, though, that Crawford is going to start on injured reserve. So I think ultimately that's going to be the smart move. I just think it's worth at least having the discussion to potentially carry uh, a 14th forward instead. Yeah, we'll see. There's a lot of things to answer between now and what is first game is the fourth, which is what day is that? Is that Tuesday? Or no, Thursday. Oh, it's Thursday, yeah. I mean, that's that's very soon. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> it's very soon. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of things to work out between now and then. I'm sure that's one of the things. It does not feel like, and Q's not even really kind of like teasing it. Like, oh, you know, Corey might be ready. It's kind of a given he's not going to be ready. Um, so, I don't know. Well, there- I mean, he still hasn't appeared in a preseason game, and right. he hasn't really been an active participant in practice i think that i i get the sense that it's probably he's going to start the season on ir and rightfully so yeah i agree with that all right why don't we take another time out come back answer some emails and wrap this bad boy up what do you think sounds good to me all right before we do that gotta tell you about our friends at marishka's in crest hill one of our favorite places on earth family owned and operated since 1933 and it shows uh we always talk to you about the poor boys there that's what they're famous for that's their signature item but literally everything there is delicious and amazing and like the burger will be one of the best burgers you've ever had and the fries and the mac and cheese will be some of the best mac and cheese you've ever had they got steaks chopped seafood everything you want they've got it at marishka's but again the first time you go you got to try that poor boy wash it down with one of their great craft beers they got a really extensive craft beer menu at one of those awesome old supper club type bars it's a really great atmosphere in marishka so check them out uh 604 theodore street in crest hill uh open on no they're only closed on christmas easter the fourth of july and thanksgiving check them out marishkas.com or on facebook facebook.com slash marishkas that's m-e-r-i-c-h-k-a-s we'll be right back with more and your emails on the madhouse chicago hockey podcast Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. The email segment, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Barbecue, Mexican, wings, nachos, cobblers, beer. If you like food, if you like to treat yourself... As they say on Parks and Rec, if you have a picky family that doesn't never know what to order, go to Chuck's. You'll be happy. They'll be happy. Everyone will be happy. Chuck's is awesome. Go there. Try everything. Go on a Saturday. Try the Cochinita Pabil. That is my favorite meal in the world. If I could have one meal every day for the rest of my life, that's what it would be. That's the Saturday special. Go get it. You'll go back again and again and again. We love Chuck, so check them out, chuckscafe.com. Again, Burbank, Darien, go see them. They're amazing, chuckscafe.com. Okay, to 
the very limited emails because it's you're making my mouth water by the way with that read i love when you do that (sighs) that's that's what i'm trying to do all right so our first email we only have a couple because it's still preseason for emailers uh our guy uh spike last week is the one who started the artemi panarin thing and uh, he's a little bit apologetic about it not he doesn't need to be he doesn't need to be. He says, I wish I wouldn't have brought up the Panarin. I do agree with you that the cost would be huge. I have let it go, as James suggested. You're absolutely right. There are other forwards out there. I just want to make the point that if the Hawks lose Crawford, making a trade for Bobrovsky might be a solution. Thanks for the hockey talk. I'll be listening. Excited for the season. So There's Spike no need team, to apologize I know, for I know. anything. Spike is taking the personal responsibility for uh <laughs> for for the uh, artemi panarin thing look you are far from the first guy to bring it up to us uh i just as much as i try to wrangle it around and justify it i just can't find a way for the hawks to make it work and be competitive and be able to bring him back and blah 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 all that stuff you'd have to give up your top prospects to get him there's no guarantee he's back and if he is back you're going to sign him for nine or ten million dollars and then you're going to lose other talent elsewhere it's just not it just doesn't make sense as great as he is as wrong as i was about him it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense yeah i pretty much said everything that i felt last week so i'm not gonna like rehash a bunch of stuff i already mentioned but i just like you i just don't see i don't see a way that not only can you make it work but also then sign him to a contract extension which is the only way that i would part with the asking price that columbus is undoubtedly gonna have Another email here from Steve. Steve says, guys, Brandon Manning was an underwhelming free agent signing when they made it. Yes. And I have not seen much from him during the preseason that makes me feel inspired. Please talk me off the ledge. Well, um, he's punchy. He'll stand Well, he didn't throw any punches, though. Well, he tried to. (laughs) The thought was there of like, hey, if I get a chance, I might throw a punch. And then he just fell down. Like our buddy uh, Grindy, or no, what is it? Not Grindy. What's the Flyers mascot? What's his name? Gritty. Gritty. <laughs> I don't know how we we've done forty five minutes and not talked about Gritty. How is that possible? Apparently got some uh, cocaine from Jory Latera. Oh, oh, got him! Wow, there you go. That's better. That's, That's topical what... humor right there. That is. If you missed it, uh, Jory Latera is a uh, Finnish cocaine lord. Apparently. Apparently, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> just to protect ourselves. Alleged alleged finished cocaine lord um boy dude gritty is people are making fun of it and calling it the worst mascot ever it has already paid off for the flyers they are one of the they're the top story in every show everyone's talking about gritty he's going out there last night was i think his first appearance for the flyers he's falling down he's shooting people with t-shirt guns from like five feet away he's everything a philadelphia mascot should be he tried to mod Flanders people. It was really wonderful. <laughs> yes. I'm fully on board with Gritty. Gritty is awesome. Uh, way better than Tommy Hawk. But Grit- I, Gritty is the new mascot of this show. Yes, and I showed uh, my daughter, who has a t- uh, crippling fear of mascots. Oh, God, uh, yeah. you did. <laughs> She's like, I'm never going to Philadelphia. I go, that's probably a good policy anyway. Yeah, it, she was <laughs> probably right on the money with that. <laughs> yeah, but now that Gritty's there, uh, yeah. Definitely for her, at least, to stay out of Philly as much as she can. All right, last email here. Oh, yeah, Brandon Manning, not good. I don't have a lot of hope he's going to be good, but hopefully, whatever. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he's one of those guys that it's going to be better for him to uh, 
not be seen or heard from. Like, it just means he's doing his job. Yeah, just like, go out there. That's basically what you want. Go out there and don't get burned. Basically, yeah. All right, last email from our guy, Gingenberger. He signed a Gingy this week, which I kind of like that. Oh, come on. Is he a hockey player now? A Gingy? No, he's not. I've been, like, really, like, on the Gingenberger bandwagon lately. Like, I've been super nice to him on social media yeah, and why? on the uh, podcast. But come on, dude. You're he not kinda... a hockey player. No more Gingy. He does kind of look like Gritty. At, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rambling Grimace, we need you to get Gingenberger and Gritty and mash them up in a Photoshop that is utterly horrific. You don't have to do anything. Just, like, put Ginge's wife next to Gritty, and it'll be like, that's a picture of Ginge. See, I was thinking just put, like, Gritty's beard on Ginge. That would work for me. Okay, fair enough. All right, so his question is, basically, I'm not going to read the whole thing, even though it's really short. Are we doing the Fantasy League again for the league? Um, Yeah, I, I mean, they're still active. We're pretty close. I, I sort of dropped the ball on this. My bad. Um, I think we both did. Yeah, why don't we just renew the two leagues we had last year and go from there? And I know a couple of people were interested in joining um if we have openings i will if you have an interest in joining uh the madhouse podcast league hit us up like by this weekend madhousepod at gmail.com and i'll try to get you added into one of our two leagues we're gonna have to have a draft it's gonna be uh it's gonna be really quick into the season here so we could just have an auto pick draft too that sucks though because the whole point or or my idea my brilliant idea is we should do daily fantasy that's see that's I like where your head's at. And before we, I don't want to promote this too much, but there's a chance that uh, there might be a sponsorship from one of those coming to us. So ah. let's just discuss that idea generally without naming names of companies. And hopefully this works out. But I think a daily like a weekly, um, you know, we could pick like every Saturday or Sunday when the calendar is full of hockey games. Yep. We can just have that, you know, 10 bucks a game or whatever. Or we can even do a free one. We could figure it out, um, but I think that would be fun. That would be a fun thing to do throughout the season. So I'm down with that. James, you and I need to have early next week like a come to Jesus, new seasons upon us. Let's do some new stuff. Let's come up with some new segments, some new ideas, sort of re- reimagine our Patreon a little bit. You and I need to have a meeting, and uh, let's let's get things a little bit like, more finely tuned next year. Well, hey, man, I tried to have a taco summit last week, and it didn't work. So it did not work. We'll, we'll right. have to try that again. And also, oh, yeah, Cubs win the damn division. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. All right. That's it for this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, we'll be back uh, next week with another. And then, uh, of course, some post-game shows and all those things. So a whole lot of content coming up for the Madhouse Podcast. By the way, you may have noticed last week I found a highlight of – our episode uh, and post it as a separate podcast. If some news comes up like the Panarin thing that I want to isolate and, and share with you guys, I might be doing that down the road. So like James and I talked about cam Ward today. Maybe I'll take that cam Ward chunk in a day or two post it as a separate podcast. So people can just hear, you know, selections or whatever. We're also, uh, we'll announce it officially next week, but we're moving to a different podcast network. It's not different. It's sort of migrating, to a different podcast network that gives us a little more flexibility with what we're able to do, including the ability mm-hmm. to record a podcast live on our phones uh, anywhere to say, oh, God, you know, whatever, the Blackhawks just traded, um, you know, Anton Forsberg, whatever. I can Rocky grab my- Wirtz, 
Rocky Wirtz, uh's book sale went to number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Let's talk about it. Yeah, we can. We'd be able to do that. Knock it out five minutes, post it, and it's ready to go. So, very excited about that. We'll announce that on the next podcast. Well, everything will be migrated over. But a little sneak preview: download the Spreaker app, S P R E K E R. That will be the new home of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast very soon. Get that Spreaker app. It's free. It's very cool, very user-friendly. I think you'll enjoy it. But until next time, thanks for listening to the podcast, which has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. And Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Bodega, 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 Alpha and Omega. <clears throat> Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches. Sa wing about a serving platter. Hey, hey Jamie. Yes. Uh, did uh, Did you want to try reading that line on the script there? Oh yeah. Let's see. Uh, you could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That one. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm just not warmed up yet. Shouldn't be long. Detector test. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive today. The marmot mangled by mushu pork pancake. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter.